0: Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive.
1: Patrick Corrigan is back on the podcast this week to talk about spirit animals. He is a good friend of mine and always so much fun to talk to about all things spiritual. He's a shaman, a healer, and also a cartoonist. In this episode, he offers a three card reading for the audience, so stay tuned for that. You can check his website if you're interested in upcoming classes or to book a private healing or reading with him. I'll put the link in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community. My guest today is a shaman, Reiki master, cartoonist, and spiritual teacher in the Seattle area. He currently offers medicine card readings, healing services, and classes. You might remember him from a previous episode on this podcast, your friendly neighborhood shaman, Patrick Corrigan. Thank you so much for joining me again today.
2: My pleasure. I'm always, always glad to come and talk with you. We could talk for hours, so might as well record a chunk of it. So yeah,
1: we should record some of it because I think it's really interesting, and then I get to listen to it back too sometimes because I'm like, oh, what was that one yeah. thing we talked about? But yeah, for those who don't know, Patrick and I have been friends for years. I think I've lost count. Now we met a while back. Yeah, I, I think don't think my, I could tell you. I think my daughter was about a year old. Maybe two, probably one when we met, and she's seven now, so probably about about wow. six years. Yeah, pre-pandemic yeah. and everything.
2: I know, I know.
1: Yeah, so um, the, real the, world. <laughs> the first episode we did together is called Your Friendly Neighborhood Shaman, and that's episode 35, if anyone wants to go back and listen to that. But today I thought we would talk about spirit animals. Um, that's a fun one. I know... Um, one of the things I love about our conversation is that we share a lot of spiritual interests in common, um, as well as some lineage in terms of the, the teaching that we received and people have impacted us like Tess, I love Tess, um, with mm-hmm. us in spirit. Um, but what was your introduction to shamanism?
2: Um Actually, it was Michael Harner's book, Way of the Shaman. Was it, It's kind of a tricky thing because when I read that book, it wasn't so much, oh, my God, I need to do this. I need to learn this. It was like, oh, my God, this is what I do. And so you could say I was already on the shamanic path. I just didn't know what it was called yet. So, mm-hmm. But that is the one that opened me up to realize that um, the way I viewed the world, the way I viewed my life, and everything, actually had a name, and that there were others and traditions, thousands and thousands of years old, mm-hmm. that followed the same way. So,
1: so what was it about shamanism that you were like, oh yes, like this, I can relate to this?
2: It was just such a um, a resonance, like when I when I was reading it. It was just like someone was narrating the way I approach the world, the way I relate to the world. Mm -hmm. And so it was, it was, it really, and people say this all the time, but it's like, it was like a homecoming. It was like getting permission to be who you are. Because before that, you know, I was raised Catholic and then I started dating a witch. Got into paganism and um, and then the shamanism. It was kind of like it's like the baby steps up to realizing who I who I really was.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So,
1: and who are you?
2: I am your friendly neighborhood shaman. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, yeah, I think that you're really connected to nature. I, I feel that you have this. Mm-hmm this resonance and that peace that kind of roots into the earth and, and the cycles Mm -hmm. and and the seasons that I think so many of us has become disconnected from in the modern world, sadly. Like, um, you know, we don't even get out to see the moon very often or think about, um, you know, what, what cycle of the moon we're in or, you know, we barely even notice if it's day or night sometimes because we're just indoors or, or um i know that that impacts me because i i kind of miss it but then it's almost mm-hmm. like we become sleepwalking through life yeah where we're so yeah. focused on achievement and what our job is and getting things done and being productive that we kind of forget that we're human beings not human doings <laughs> And uh, no. shamanism or the perspective of shamanism is something that really touched my heart when I started learning about it as well. <clears throat> and I remember saying that, well, I'm really interested in earth-based spirituality, right? Mm-hmm. Which um, mm-hmm. I think is really paganism. But that word pagan had such a negative connotation, I never even really thought about it. It's, It sort of said like a, like a slur, like an insult, like, oh, pagan, right? You know? Yeah. The references to that in our culture I didn't even really examine or pay attention, but if paganism is really this, you know, ancient tradition that predates a lot of our um Abrahamic um religions. Yeah. And it's Well and it's such an
2: umbrella term now. Yeah. It, it used to mean a certain thing and now it's like you've got all these different branches, different
1: Well what did it um, used to mean?
2: From, you know, um it just—I think technically the 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 definition was a country dweller hmm. versus the city dwellers, and it was the you know the pagans that you know and that branched into witches and the wise women mm-hmm. and stuff, and that's why they became so demonized. That's where the it became such a um, a slur and and something to stay away from, but. Mm-hmm. Um, now today people are reclaiming it, which is kind of nice,
1: yeah, and, so they were maybe seen as so many
2: friends that are witches,
1: yeah, uh they may maybe were seen as less civilized than if they're kind of the ones in the country and like all of this um, exactly,
2: it's kind of like the hicks and the
1: well this development know. that was done that they thought was progress. I <laughs> say they right. thought it was progress because I think we've gotten to a point where we've progressed so far. That we start to go, okay. Well, just because we can do something, does it mean that we should? Is this better? Is this way of life better? Um, Certainly, right. we benefit from houses and electricity and roads and all mm-hmm. of those things. But maybe there's a price to pay too. I think maybe that's why yeah. more people are starting to to look back at old traditions, ones that we tried Absolutely. to bury really, uh, like the Native Absolutely. Americans spiritual traditions yeah. or even just the way of yeah. having a respect for the natural world now um a lot of people well, think of absolutely. shamanism as a native american thing but it's so much more than that can you can you talk about that
2: absolutely like the ori- like the original word shaman originated with the tugan tribe in siberia and um so there's a lot of people that are like, you can't call yourself a shaman unless you come from Siberia and stuff. Mm. But it's, it's like in the evolution of that word, it's um, kind of become kind of like pagan. There's so many different umbrella. It's like an umbrella for so many different traditions. It has come to mean pretty much like the medicine people or the holy people, sacred people, um, of, of like indigenous groups or even, you know, um, modern people, um, and there's a lot of controversy about using that word and and what it means and stuff like that. But um, it really, what the one main definition of it is, one who sees in the dark, mm. and it's like that's the shaman's main job. Is you know, we even wear eye masks when we journey when we do our journeys in trance and it's because we need to go into the darkness into the void in order to find the light and bring that back into the physical world Mm -hmm. which is the whole point of shamanism is being that bridge between the non-physical and the physical Mm -hmm. and going out there not to see how far we can go but to find what is Needed in this world, take like whatever energy or objects or whatever um, we can bring back to heal this physical world.
1: Yeah, it's the spirit that gives life, right? Yeah. So if we're if we're going okay. inside to um, even figure out what's going on, and better yet, what's needed, mm-hmm. uh, that's often a much mm-hmm. better approach than running around in the world looking for your answers.
2: Absolutely, because if you're just running around trying to change things, all you're doing is rearranging boxes. Mm -hmm. You're not really creating any real change. The real change has to come from inside
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and how you approach. Like Sandra Ingerman, who's one of my main teachers, says that it's not what you do, but who you become that changes the world.
0: Mm -hmm. Because Mm
2: -hmm. when you're in alignment, when you become that person, when you you know align with spirit first and everything you do every action becomes inspired action and like Abraham Hicks talks about one person in alignment is so much more powerful than even a million people out of alignment
1: mm-hmm. yep and then and then our alignment sort of yeah. shines a light for other people to <laughs> inspire them to find their own alignment which may be similar or different from our own but when we're all lit up, exactly then we're operating at uh, you know under ideal circumstances
2: absolutely the better we all get the better we all get
1: so what are spirit animals okay well
2: you know spirit animals um in in my in my own mind i i, I categorize three types of animal spirit guides. Um, the first one is totems.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't remember now, it it's either a Cheyenne or a Cherokee term that that word comes from. And <clears throat> it actually the definition is kin as in family. Mm. And so your totem animal or animals are those ones that are, you're born with. It's like, it's more of an identity than just someone coming to help you there's a it's a relation well everything is related you know all our relations but the to your totems are the ones that you're kind of born with it's like the clan you're born into so it's like your identity and it, it's like they walk with you from birth until death um, and you can have anywhere like depending on what tradition you follow um you have anywhere from from one to i think the most I heard was like twenty-seven
0: hmm.
2: totems. So That's like a that's all a you whole know, menagerie like
1: the... on your side there. Twenty seven. <laughs> it is.
2: It is. I know. And you know, and there's some that are kinda I kinda I kind of veer away from like dogma or like things that are like this is exactly how it is. Yeah. And there's some traditions where it's like you have a totem that walks in front of you you have a totem that walks behind you you have a totem on your left side you have a totem on your right side you got one on your left shoulder on your right shoulder you got one above your head and like that's just too regimented for Mm -hmm. me it's like spirit is not regimented
1: spirit is non-local too so that's interesting that that they would that somebody would sit down and map it out like that Although for the person who came up with that concept or people who came up with that concept, maybe that was really, Mm -hmm. really useful for them, right? Because we all have different perspectives.
2: Absolutely. It's like that was what was needed at the time to explain it. And that Mm -hmm. was how people could understand it. You know, but then like with all dogma and traditions, we have come to a place where we have to outgrow it. You know, we like have to go into new territory and explore what our ancestors haven't before.
1: So. So, a spirit animal. You talked about the totems. What other types are there?
2: Then there's um, what we call in shamanism power animals, mm. and those are those are spirit animal guides. You know, they're they're spirits in animal form, and they come to us kind of like that that um, saying about friendship, how it. Happens for a season, a reason, a season or a lifetime. Mm. That's kind of the power animals. They kind of come and go. Some of them might be with you for years. Some of them might be with you until the end of your life.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Others of them come in for a specific purpose, whatever challenge you're you're going through at the moment. Um, and, and you, I mean, I, I have a menagerie of power animals that I work with. <laughs> so um Um, But the power animals, their job and the reason we call them power animals is because what they do is plug into source energy and then they step that frequency down to a point where we can handle it physically and then they plug into us. Mm -hmm. So their job is literally to power us up, to open a channel, another channel to source energy to keep us empowered. And as we continue to grow, they continue to open that that channel so that as we can handle more and more power, step more into our power, they help us to be able to handle more. So
1: So all of these spirit animals that we can connect with or connect with us, is that do you think that's different faces all of the one force?
2: Ultimately, yeah. You know. Um, because there's only one of us here,
0: Mm.
2: right? We're all part of the same energy. We're all facets of the same source and in the spirit realm, it's the same thing. And ultimately all of it's, it's kind of like, you know, like they talk about this world being a dream, right? And everything, when you're, when you're dealing with dreams, everything in your dream is a reflection of you. And it's the same thing in the spirit realm. All of your guides, all of of those that you meet and work with you, they're all ultimately um, aspects and reflections of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's not to take away from their own unique existence or sentience or anything like that. But ultimately, we are all one. And so it's like, yes, they are ultimately another face of the divine, if you want to say it that way.
1: So, spirit animals reflect back to us an aspect of ourselves that we either need to see or access for some reason. It's always really timely, too, right? Whatever's going on, that this is
2: related to what you need. The fun thing is, like, I I love doing classes where um, either like the Intro to Shamanic Journey class or Helping people to see, to meet their their totems or power animals and stuff because um, people always want the eagle or the bear or the <laughs> lion to be their totem and then it you know it turns out to be a, a slug or or a you know a junco or a chickadee or something you know and it's mm-hmm. like at the moment they're like you know on one hand that just validates the power of shamanism mm. because it's not you're not just making it up. It's something that you would not have chosen on your own, right? And then at the same time, when you start to connect with that spirit animal, like you said, it's like the timeliness and it just syncs up with exactly whatever you're going through at that time or whoever you are, what your life path is, et cetera, mm-hmm. you know? And so the it's like they choose us, not the other way around.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, they, you, you can like, like there's there's animal spirits that um i'm not, they're not necessarily technically a power animal of mine, but I will reach out like to heron. heron is one of the the big ones that um I don't technically not, a heron has not come and introduced themselves to me as a power animal personally working with me. But I am so I resonate so much with Heron medicine that I will reach out to Heron and ask for help or strength or to help me um, to lend me some of Heron's medicine mm-hmm. and as an example of um, animal medicine and what how they work with you, Heron is about stillness. Heron is about alignment, like we were just talking about. Because you know, Heron stands in the water perfectly still for hours at a time. And he basically casts a shadow on the water. And the fish are drawn to the coolness of his shadow. So he's one of the greatest hunters in the animal kingdom. But what he his prey comes to him. Mm. And it's because he's in stillness. You know, and they got those really skinny legs, so they make hardly any ripples in the water. They don't disturb the, the environment and their feet are in the earth and the mud under the water and their head is in the sky. So it's like that bridge between heaven and earth, between spirit and physical. Mm-hmm. And so when you find that alignment, then you realize you don't have to go after whatever you are looking for, that it's com- it comes to you just from being in alignment with spirit.
0: hmm.
1: I love that you brought up Heron, and I feel like you're giving that message directly to me. Um, Heron is also, <laughs> um, yeah, you, you hear it now, don't you? Um, the <laughs> Heron is also, it shows up in my backyard. Um, there's a water reservoir oh, wow. that I, 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 call, I lovingly call it our lake, um, <laughs> on, just behind the house. And there's a Heron that comes from time to time. And visits. And it's always a shock. I see it outside my kitchen window because it's such a big bird, you know, it's like, wow, like, where did you come from? But I love that message of stillness, because I I feel that um, pressure, I guess, like, I must be putting the pressure on myself. But I feel that pressure to like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, you can't just sit there like you have to make a plan and take action. And what are you doing today? And how are you going to get there?
2: Exactly. And then it's like,
1: wait, wait, wait. There's another way. This isn't the Dao way. This isn't the Zen way. This isn't the way that's maybe going to um, support a sense of peace <laughs> in my life. Exactly. So yeah, I got chills with you talking about heron because <clears throat> um, oh, awesome. I relate to that to needing that message. I think and mm-hmm. and maybe when next time I see the heron outside, I'll, I'll think of that. But how does somebody find their spirit animal or connect to it? Do they have to? go through a shamanic initiation do you see signs of it in your life like how can someone connect to the medicine of the spirit animals
2: um for someone to find out what their totem is or their spirit animals um probably the best thing um take a shamanic journey class <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um not journeying. kidding those so are great
1: if you're in the with, Seattle um, area, Patrick offers those from time to time, and and it's it's really great. Yeah. And you have an opportunity to ask all your questions too.
2: Thank you. So, like a shamanic journey or or meditation, you know, again, and stillness and letting that those animals come to you. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually do. Um, when people come to me to ask, you know, what's my spirit animal, um, I don't. As a rule I don't tell people what their spirit animals are or what mm-hmm. their totem animals are because it's such a personal intimate thing and I don't want someone to walk away and say, "Oh yeah, this animal is my totem because that guy told me about it." Yeah. And then there you know then there's no connection and my job is to empower others and to help others make that connection. So I do when people come to me asking about their spirit animals or whatever i have a guided meditation that i i lead them on to is you know sun warmed rock in the middle of this meadow and just sit in stillness and invite whichever animal is the most pertinent for the moment or your totem animal whichever one you want to meet and you just wait for them to come and there's like a river right Right near the rocks, so they can come from the water. They can come out of the earth. They can come from the trees. They can come from the sky.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, like all, <laughs> all of those possibilities are open. Um, and then they just allow that animal, whatever animal is appropriate for the time for what they're going through, to come. And it's amazing when people are able. It's like I'm always like, oh, I hope, I hope they see something. I hope they see something. You know, and more times than not, people come away with an experience, like a personal mm-hmm. experience, interaction with their animals. And and that way, it really, it's like the beginning of a friendship, you know. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to make sure I say, too, is that everybody has spirit guides. Everybody has spirit animals, power animals. Just because you don't know they're there doesn't mean that they're not there. hmm um, they're there whether you know it or not, and they're helping you whether you know it or not. But it's just it just really steps up your game when you can actually communicate back and forth, um, and get their advice and get their perspective on things. You no know? And that's something too that with spirit guides and spirit animals, they will never tell you what you have to do. Mm-hmm. They will never tell you, they will never put you down, and they will never like build you up like eco wise. They always they give you the choices because the choice is always yours. They don't have any other agenda than your own well being. So they take you from wherever you are to get you where you want to go.
1: So is you know, a shaman kind of like a
2: GPS system?
1: <laughs> yeah, internal GPS with your with your spirit animals. So um, yeah, is a shamanic journey the best way or the only way to connect to your spirit animal or your power animal
2: um for me it's it's the preferred way um but it's not necessary Mm -hmm. you know it's like kind of like the the you know all the clairs the clairvoyance clair audio all that kind of stuff it's like everybody has a different way of picking up information or connecting with the spirits. And so it's like, you don't have to be a shaman to be aware of them. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't even have to be a seer or just in meditation, or even if you just like, like sit down and make a list of the different animals that you loved as a kid or that have kind of hung around you, you're always seeing crows or owls or whatever, And that is a key into which animals are your guides Mm. and just initiating to say, you know, even if you can't hear them speaking to you, talk to them and say, you know, I am open to hearing you whenever it's appropriate, whenever, you know, it's not that that they're not speaking to us, but that we don't always, especially when we're starting out, we don't have um, the clarity to be able to hear the messages and stuff. But continue talking to them as though you can and eventually you'll start to pay attention there'll be synchronicities and you'll get thoughts in your head words or sentences or just knowledge and it'll be exactly what you need at that time and you'll be like holy crap and it's like oh that was from them mm-hmm.
1: yeah spirit you know. is always talking to us so oh we just have to listen um Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's probably a message I'm trying to share all the time because people are like, well, I just don't hear it. Or, or, you know, my, my sister passed away or my friend died and I, you know, like, are they okay? It's like, well, they're always Mm -hmm. there. I used to say we have angels guides and ancestors uh, surrounding Mm -hmm. us all the time. And I think if we just open up to it, um, but I want to talk about more, I want to talk more about that in a minute. So my thought Mm -hmm. was, Let's say there's an animal that keeps showing up for somebody. Maybe they're mm-hmm. seeing crows or squirrels keep coming up for them somehow or something like that. How do you then interpret what is the message here or what is the medicine here? What does this animal represent and, and how does somebody go about figuring that out?
2: Um, again, meditation is probably the best or, you know... Researching the animal, see what its habits are, where it lives, what it eats, um, and what is your relationship with that animal. You know, this is all a true growth and learning is non informational. It's mm. about relationship and how we relate to nature, the animals, the spirits, or whatever. And so, if there's an animal that keeps popping up, like the first thing to do is to ask, how do I feel when I see them? Do I feel energized? Do I feel lighter? Do I feel more hope? You know, that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, like I said, you can research the animal, think about, okay, well, an owl, they, they live at night, they can see at night. So what, what am I trying to see in the dark? What, you know, um, I don't have to be afraid of the dark because I can see in the dark. I've never been afraid of the dark. I've never been afraid of all those boogie-oogie things mm-hmm. that people warn us about because I can see. I, I always feel safe in the dark. Or, you know, um, or like owls, when you know, research them, you find out that they eat everything like a mouse or a rabbit, or whatever, they eat them whole. They just take in the whole animal and they have a digestive digestive system. That sorts out what's nutritious and what isn't, and then the owl is <laughs> owls, which some people like say are just basically winged cats they they basically do a hairball thing and they spit out um, what they call owl pellets, and it's like a little bundle of fur and bones and whatever wasn't digestible. Mm-hmm. And so when you know that about owls and owls start showing up, it could be, oh, um, it's okay for me just to jump in both feet. It's okay for me to just take things whole because they'll sort themselves out. Mm -hmm. And I'll, you know, whatever isn't meant for me won't stick.
0: It'll, it'll cast out or whatever. Mm -hmm. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org thrive.
1: I always love your interpretation of the messages from from different animals, and there's been a number of times that I've come to you and been like, "What, what does this mean?" Or like, you know, elephant is coming up. What, <laughs> what does what does that represent? Or what what might this mean for me? And I know that you were working on updating a book about those definitions, but you've got a lot on your plate. You're probably still working on that one.
2: Yeah, I'm still working on it. It's still a work in progress. I've got one one of the books. So I do on my Facebook page, Perching Wolf Studios Facebook page, every Tuesday I do Totem Tuesday where mm-hmm. I, I put up a drawing of mine of an animal and then I do a um, kind of a blurb about what that animal's medicine is. And so I'm collecting those and it's going to be two books. I had to break it into in half so it's going to be like A through M and then N through Z or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I'm putting together a book um about my interpretations and Mm -hmm. um you know and that's a that's a really important distinction is that that's my my relationship with these animals this is what I think and you know and some of them can be universal right it's like certain animals um kind of represent certain things Mm -hmm. but um it's more like I said the important thing is what is your relationship with those animals and so when you, even when, when I'm the one writing a book like that, I'm like, find out first what, what your relationship is. What does that animal mean to you? What, how do you feel? What do you think when you see that animal, then go to the book and see what the book says. Cause there, there are tons of animal spirit dictionaries and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And when those are the first place we go, we're just reinstating that separation from them. So it becomes kind of encyclopedic where, oh, this animal means that. And this right. animal means that. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it kind of takes the vibrancy and the life out of it, the soul out of it. And that's the one thing that the animals are trying to teach us is how to be present and how to embody that vibrancy of light and soul, right? So so yeah, if an animal is so coming up for you... then. That-
1: that you think might have a message, right? First check in and see, you know, what's my relation, how do I feel about this animal? What what comes up for me? You know, what's first examine your own ideas and feelings about it, right? And then mm-hmm. check with a book or a website cuz there's a lot of them out there. Exactly. And see what resonates because there it so- because it's not going to be everything, you know, it's going to be Absolutely.
2: Pieces. And that way you build your validation, right? You you get a feeling for that animal or or because of what that animal does and it, it reflects what you're doing in your life, how you're approaching a problem or something. And then you read it in a book and it's like, oh my God, I got it right. Okay. <laughs> I can trust my intuition. Yeah. And that is so much more important than just, you know, figuring out, okay, da, 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 da. that's what it means. da. da, 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 da.
1: Trust your intuition. That
2: just keeps it up in the head, and it doesn't go into the heart.
1: Mm-hmm. That's the hardest thing I think about teaching uh, tarot cards, or oracle cards for that matter, is that you could mm-hmm. memorize maybe six different possible definitions for any given tarot card, right? Because every deck has the same seventy-eight right. cards, so you can memorize that and just repeat it. But there's so much interpretation and trust when it comes to interpreting divine messages. And, you know, I think people are afraid to try to listen or to trust their own interpretation. I recommend Mm -hmm. uh, pulling an oracle card every day because what that does is it puts you into a receptive space. It puts you into a, a place of listening So what you're really doing is that without realizing it, when you're setting an intention to be like, what, what messages are here for me today, all of a sudden you've opened your heart space to receive something, right? You're paying attention Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then there's an openness that can come to you. And I do think that we're always receiving guidance and information. And (laughs) like my path has been really interesting because I studied angels with Kyle Gray So when we met, Mm -hmm. um, and it sounds so similar to what we're talking about today with the animals, you know, there's all these different angels and you can learn about the archangels and what they represent and what colors and the messages and how they can help you in your life or what they have to offer or what it might mean if this angel shows up for you. And, um, the animals to me feel very, very similar it's just more mm-hmm. grounded, more earthy, more right here, right now. Absolutely. But it, but as you talked about them being sort of this um, liaison to the bigger mm-hmm. picture, the divine that's mm-hmm. in all of us, a liaison and also a messenger, the angels are that too. So to mm-hmm. me, they're all faces of the one. They're all faces of God. But Absolutely. I think that there's benefit. I think that there is... Um, There's something important as to why for many thousands of years, humans have been talking about these relationships to different gods or different angels or different animals or or different guides of some kind, because I think that that helps us make it personal. I think that helps us to focus on a piece of it that we can interact with and build a relationship with. So I love that you're talking about... Um, true growth is not not informational. It's in building relationship. And so I think that when we, Mm -hmm. even if we're inventing it, okay, let's say it's all one beautiful orb of light and we are a little molecule of that light and we've come up with this idea Mm -hmm. of a bear or Archangel Michael or whatever it is. (laughs) But through that... We're now accessing a piece of the divine, which is really a piece of ourselves that we may not have been able to interact Mm -hmm. with otherwise. What a beautiful thing that is. So it doesn't matter to me at this point whether um, there is a being of some kind in this room standing next to me or not. It doesn't really matter to me. Because I know that my human brain cannot comprehend the fullness of eternity, cannot comprehend Mm -hmm. the fullness of of what we really are and how we are all connected. But I just have a glimpse that this is so. And that that glimpse is enough Mm -hmm. for me to move forward in faith that I'm not walking alone, right? I know that the people that we loved who have died and our ancestors whether we love them or not right um they're around <laughs> us that's <laughs> maybe important to make that yep. distinction uh, relationships can be difficult um like they're still around and any way that we can connect that we can connect to those who have crossed over or we can connect to this sense of angels that maybe makes us feel safe or we can connect with animals mm-hmm or the river, or the mountain, in a way that makes us feel like part of the whole, then we are receiving the bounty of that. And those definitions matter so little to me. I'm actually really happy at this point in my life, living in the mystery, you know, have a mind that's open Mm -hmm. to everything and closed to nothing. And I'm really happy living in the mystery, but it makes it really, (laughs) it makes it really hard for me to like offer definitions Or like try to teach something or try to explain something because it feels like this sort of moving amorphous energy that we're a part Mm -hmm. of in a way that we don't really quite have the perspective to see what part of it we are. And yet at the same time, if we were meant to understand it all, we would see it all. And I think if I understood it the way I want to understood it, I would probably be dead because then yeah. I would not be looking out from these little human eyes. I would actually maybe return to a larger sense of self. But exactly. so, so when we met, and that, I was and deep, that are, sorry, <laughs> go ahead.
2: I was going to say, it's like, that. it goes back to what we were just talking about, about the different, you know, gods and spirits that people have worshiped or connected to. And because it's, we have to, it, our human brains need to relate to the unrelatable to yeah. the infinite and mm-hmm. so we have to clothe it in some form and so it comes down to stories and mythology yeah and, and archetypes that's why so we so need a mythology today like 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 the avengers are the new gods right it's like they yeah. pick up the archetypes of the old stories and they're telling these new stories that we can actually relate to and apply to our own lives and such. It
1: took stuff, me so. so long to realize the connection between storytelling today and storytelling from ancient times. You know, the people sitting around the fire and they, maybe they didn't have a written language mm-hmm. and everything was oral and they would tell these stories and, and stories of creation, right? And through that, they were teaching. They were teaching through stories and then we would remember it better, maybe not word for word, but you right. get the gist of it that way. We're still doing that with our movies and mm-hmm. our books and our mythology we and can't that is can help do it. That's so fascinating because it f- it feels like it's treated as though like you know that's just silly. That's just whatever, right. but really right. we are culturally passing down messages. But to finish yep. what I yep. was saying because I'm jumping around a I, lot. Yeah, Thank I, you I for got interrupted me. You. Um, it felt really good mm-hmm. to put that into words about this living in the mystery but having this relationship to spirit. Because it's something that's so personal and so meaningful to me, but it's really hard Mm -hmm. to say it. It's really hard to define it because it's undefinable, like the Tao. So when we met, I was deep into the study of angels with Kyle Gray, which I loved. I was not interested in angels, to be frank, until I started studying with Kyle Gray. And his perspective on it was so refreshing and it made so much sense sense to me. And it was really usable and inspiring. And I liked the way that he had his own interpretation of what the angels were, because for me, it was just this, you know, thing on the wall of the Catholic Church. And like this, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, they were always wearing Greek armor or something. I I don't know. Like it didn't feel (laughs) like I didn't feel drawn or it didn't feel personal to me or something that I could use. But the way that he talked about it made sense. So I was learning about all these angels and incorporating this into my spiritual practices. And then I discovered shamanism. And I think it was right after I started studying shamanism that we met. And And <laughs> what's so funny, I should tell this story. So we met at a, um, a lunar ceremony, which was awesome mm-hmm. from a mutual friend. And I had brought one of my card decks because I had been studying Oracle cards and just having a lot of fun with it. So I was just like, hey, anybody want some cards? I'm 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 pulling cards for people and you walked up and we'd never met I was like would you like some cards and you're like sure so I do reading for you (laughs) and like your energy is so different right and you're like "Uh uh-huh uh-huh like I'm Mm -hmm. doing the reading and then I was like at the end I'm like okay like who are you and what do you do and you're like oh I'm a shaman (laughs) and I was like of course you are and it's so funny (laughs) (laughs) because we've been friends ever since but Yeah, so we connected Mm -hmm. with cards and shamanism like from from day one, and then I just got deeper into it and kind of incorporated the both, Mm -hmm. so that kind of earthy, shamanic vibe with a little bit of angels mixed in and a lot of mystery and just make it really personal on your own Mm -hmm. and that interpretation, which is something you learn from shamanism, is having that direct relationship with the divine and not having anybody tell you what is or isn't um, is something that... Uh, I think we both have uh, a love and a respect for.
2: Totally. Yeah.
1: What were we talking about again, Patrick? (laughs) (laughs) Spirit animals. Spirit animals. Okay. Now talking about cards, because we brought Uh, that up. You have a favorite deck, Mm -hmm. right? Tell us about that.
2: I do. People are like, how long have you been reading this deck? And it's like,
0: <laughs> it's I have well had
2: a deck. It, they're the medicine cards. <laughs> I love, and I love, because I'm a cartoonist as well. So the fact that there's a Shazam on the back of them <laughs> actually speaks to my heart. But it's a deck by David Carson and, and um, Jamie Sams. Jamie was um, indigenous and she made this beautiful deck with animals. And they're based on North American animals, so it doesn't have necessarily, which is why I don't like pulling these when people want to know what their totem is, because mm. it's kind of a limited, mm-hmm. okay, your, your animal is one of these cards <laughs> in this specific deck. But, but I've had this, a deck like this since like the 80s. And, you know, it's just like my upbringing. I've always, the animals have always been important to me and um like i grew up my heroes were like tarzan and davy crockett daniel boone the ones that were out in the woods with the animals talking to the animals and then saint francis when i was confirmed you know i had my confirmation when i was catholic it was like i took francis as my confirmation name because he was the saint of the animals and everything and so Mm, when I saw this deck in the 80s it was just like I need that right um
1: you're way ahead of me I wish I'd found cards in the 80s that'd be so cool yeah I think that deck came out in 88 because I looked it up with um Jamie Sams she just passed away in 2020 right
2: yeah yeah not very long ago
1: And she was, um, um, half French, half, um, Native American, wasn't she?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. I don't remember exactly, but she grew up, um, with a, like, she had a couple of grandmothers around her native that gave her all the stories and all the teachings and the grandmother way and stuff like that. And the rainbow prophecies and different things like that. And so, um, She's become kind of a default setting for me. Like when I'm questioning things, it's like I'll go back mm-hmm. to her as the authority. Um, but yeah, it's like, like you were talking about, like the angels and the tarot and everything. It's like to me, the animals have always been the 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 gateway, right? I can relate to animals more than I can to, you know, um, different symbols or. <clears throat> archetypes and that kind of thing. I still love that stuff. I love mythology. I love symbology. I love all of that kind of stuff. I'm an artist, so of course I love that stuff. But the animals speak to me. Like when I'm doing a medicine card reading, the cards are kind of like the um, jumping off point. It kind of gives my clients something to look at and relate to, well, I'm actually connecting to the spirit of whatever animals have come up and getting the, the message straight from their mouth
0: mm-hmm. you
2: know and it's so interesting because like I could have a half dozen people and the same cards get pulled for them and it'll be a half dozen totally different readings yeah because I don't go by the te- okay well the book says this and does this resonate with you it's like okay and I'll, I'll get exactly the aspect of that animal and what it, what they're helping that person with at the time and because yep, you're doing it right
1: for everybody. So. Yeah, that card is a doorway to the message. It's not the message, it's the doorway exactly. to the message. Yeah. Exactly.
2: So yeah.
1: So speaking about card decks, a couple of cards? um oh, go ahead. Yeah, just one second. I definitely want you to do that, but um I was looking through my decks because I have a sort of smallish, we'll call it smallish card collection. <laughs> Maybe it's not that small. Maybe it's only smallish because because I have my eye on so many other decks. But I was going through mine, and I only have um, one spirit animal deck. And it's actually Mm -hmm. the one I bought for my daughter years ago when she was a toddler. Uh... And it's called Children's Spirit Animal Cards from Stephen Farmer, Dr. Mm -hmm. Stephen D. Farmer. And uh, it's really cute. Let me show you a couple of the cards yeah, because geez. they made them for kids, so they're super simple. But like this one yeah. is, and he's such
2: a good person as far as relating to the animals. Yeah, oh he's God. great.
1: So this is raccoon. That's adorable. And the message says, "You have everything you need." But even if you <laughs> just looked at that image, right, you're going to receive something from right. it. Right. And so, if you're exactly. giving this to kids and they don't know how to read yet, like my my daughter still had a lot of fun with it, and then she would lay them all out. And I guess she was making her own spreads. I don't know. Um, but she still plays with wow. this deck. Um, Turtle, take your time. So it's cute. I mean, you don't have to be a child to use these, but <clears throat> no. That was interesting. This was the only uh spirit animal deck that I have. I know that there's quite a few out there. Um There are. There's one from Colette Baron Reed. The artwork's really yeah, beautiful. that's
2: The one that you gave me for Yeah, my for your birthday,
1: birthday one year. One year. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I'm sure Stephen Farmer has other ones. Yeah, and he's got a really good
2: book too. It's just I think the book's called Animal Spirit Guides. Mm Mm-hmm. And
1: I should get that. Just I need to expand my collection.
2: Yeah, really good book.
1: So, do you want to pull a few cards for the audience today and give us a little example of a reading? And um, so, even though you're not sitting in front of somebody. Uh, giving them a personal interpretation. Like, tell us how this works.
2: Um, Well, if you are watching this right now, whatever cards come up are for you because the universe, like I said, relationship, the universe relates to you and you get exactly what you need when you need it. And Mm -hmm. so um, if you happen to be watching this, even if you don't normally watch this podcast or anything... (laughs) Or listening these are the, the this message is for you it's kind of like like you said earlier the universe is always talking to us mm. and so if it's within your perception it has a message for you so even if you're listening or watching this years from now it's still just as pertinent as it is today so does that make
1: sense makes sense to me okay
2: I'll pull three cards. Does that sound good? Sounds good. OK. <laughs> All right. So um, I always have to like, OK, which one goes first? Um, so the first card I pulled is Weasel, and I love that it's number 33. I don't know, I've never brought numerology into the readings, I'm not a numerologist, but I love I know about angel numbers, of course, and stuff. So, um, but yeah, weasel is a big one for me, me too. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: weasel tends to be, um, they have such a high metabolism that they never stop moving. They're always zip, zip, zip. They know every square inch of their territory. And they you know, they visit it at least once or twice a day. It's just like, zoom, 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 zoom. I saw it. We were watching a weasel at the zoo one time. And I swear, within five minutes, he was in every single square inch of that enclosure. <laughs> it just zip, zip, zip. So um, when weasel comes along, Um, and, and depending on whether the cards are upright or reversed can kind of have a different sense of the meaning. Um, but weasel upright is really about trusting that intuition. It's like, you know, the full territory, you know, what's out there, you know, what's in your wheelhouse. And so again, kind of like, like Heron, we were talking about earlier, you don't have to go out to find things you don't have to um you know exactly where this path goes where that path goes where that path goes you don't have to keep going out and coming back You can sit like like there's a quote from Kafka about something about like being able to know the world without leaving your house and that's kind of what weasel is Mm -hmm. it's like because you know the whole territory you don't have to be chasing things you can again just Stay where you are and trust that intuitive hit on which direction to go. If it's in reverse, it can be kind of that hamster wheel, overthinking, and where there's so many options that you're, you're just kind of stuck in place because you can't decide which way to go. And so um, his strength is knowing exactly what's the opportune direction to go at any one moment. So um, I always kind of think of him as the, as the the spy or the ninja of the animal kingdom. (laughs) He's in and out and he, he knows a little bit of everything. It's like, he knows things he's not supposed to know. Like he's in and out before anybody even knows it. And so he knows all there is to know about this situation or that person or whatever, you know, if that's your totem, you might, you know, just automatically pick up little bits of information from people talking on the, you know, on the bus or a train or whatever on the plane, you'll all of a sudden you'll know everything there is to know about this person, just because you just kind of pick up and, and you see all like the micro expressions on the faces, stuff like that. So you're like picking up all this information because your brain works faster than others and so you're processing all this extra information to know exactly what's going on around you. Mm. Um, the next one I pulled was Prairie Dog.
1: Oh, so cute.
2: I love Prairie Dog. We actually went out a couple of years ago to um, Devil's Tower, and or Bear Lodge is the real name, and the prairie dogs over there are just plentiful, and it was so much fun to walk among the, the prairie dog towns and to hear them squeal, 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 uh, which is one of their one of the points of their medicine is that um, they're very community oriented, mm. and um, they always have a sentinel that's on duty, watching the skies, watching the the horizon for predators. And because there's one prairie dog that that's his job, that means that the rest of the prairie dogs can just let go and just be their fun roly-poly selves <laughs> and go about their business. They don't have to be hyper-vigilant looking for anything because there's someone who is actively keeping an eye out for threats. And then when the, if there is one, the sentinel lets that squeak go and everyone just scrambles for shelter so it's like you can trust it kind of fits with with weasel in that you can trust that you're being watched over you can trust mm. that if there's a threat you're going to know about it so you don't have to look for the threats you don't have to be hyper vigilant
1: oh my gosh that's so and the key other thing about these days with everything in the news isn't it right and it's so hard to mm-hmm. cultivate a sense of peace much less safety but to but to exactly. have that spiritual reminder that you don't have mm-hmm. to be the one keeping watch all the time.
2: Exactly. Just listen for the alarm, yeah.
1: right?
2: Another part of prairie dog medicine is about, they in their vast underground prairie dog towns, they always have um, chambers for the individual prairie dogs to go to to hang out by themselves. Mm. So prairie dog medicine can be about retreating mm. from the world because um it's like to be a good citizen they're very community oriented right very social but they in order to be the best citizen they can they have to know who they are individually to bring their full game forward to best impact and support the community so prairie dog comes up if you you know seeing prairie dog or it might be a time to retreat from the world to take a. Uh, a breather, take a sabbatical, mm-hmm. and really get a sense of who you are and your own energy without the influence of other energies coming in, right?
1: Yeah, so, I know we talked about this before, but I feel that strongly this time of year, so I'm sure a lot of people are going to resonate yeah, with that message.
2: Exactly, and that's that's the thing, too. Like, you know, we forget that we're not just connected to nature, we are nature,
0: mm-hmm. right?
2: Earth, air, fire, water makes up who we are. So our cycles are intimately connected to the cycles of the earth. And so this is the time of the year when it's time to go underground and not be as active outward and and conserve your energy because the energies are going deeper and the changes that are happening are happening in the dark, in the void, right? The The womb of the earth mother, <coughs> excuse me. Mm -hmm. so it's like gives you permission to rest it's not laziness it's rest Mm
0: -hmm.
2: you don't have to be productive you don't have to the world isn't riding on your shoulders so so that's prairie dog (coughs) excuse me um and the last one i pulled was rabbit, <laughs> the weskily
1: rabbit. Another burrowing um, animal. It's
2: interesting that all three of those are kind of burrowing, grounded little woodland creatures. And rabbit, of course, is about um, all the things of spring. That's why, you know, the re- Easter bunny and all that kind of stuff. It's like the rabbit is about creativity and um abundance you know rabbit I've heard I've heard rabbit called the popcorn of the animal kingdom because they're so plentiful and everybody eats them (laughs) but the thing so the thing about that is you know if you miss one rabbit there's always another one coming along Mm. so it's like opportunity doesn't knock just once Mm. you're not just giving one chance and if you miss it you're 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 Out of luck
0: Mm
2: -hmm. um there's always a creative way to to find it and so and like rabbit when they're running away from predators they walk they run in a zigzag right to make it harder for the predator to get a bead on them and so a lot of people with rabbit medicine might find themselves kind of like going toward the shiny stuff right like oh what's that over there oh what's that over there oh what's that over there doing that zigzag it's like they don't have a straight, narrow path. Their path is weaving all these different things together, and they become the bridge, the glue that holds those separate things together. It's like like a needle and thread. You're sewing these different aspects of life together in a way that no one else ever has, which is, again, creativity, the creation, bringing in new possibilities, Um and um whereas prairie dog is about going into the dark when you need to rabbit's about coming out of the dark into the light right we're talking about this in terms of winter time it's dark out and you kind of hibernate and stuff and it comes springtime and it's time to come out of the darkness into the light so rabbit comes around when there's like rebirth um stuff like that and then there's actually a story that goes with rabbit and rabbit medicine can be about it's very similar to all the ones i just talked about because um rabbit if rabbit gets overwhelmed they're like a a deer in the headlights right they don't they're so overwhelmed they can't they don't move if they don't move they're dinner so they have to keep moving and there's a story that goes with rabbit that he was hopping through the woods one day and he looked up and he saw eagle flying overhead and he was so scared he he started yelling at eagle and saying don't come eat me i'm really afraid of you please eagle don't come and eat me and the eagle didn't hear him the first time so he jumps up on a stump, starts jumping up and down waving his little paws in the air yelling even louder eagle i'm really afraid of you please don't come and eat me and the second time of course the eagle heard the rabbit swoop down and ate him. And so it's about focusing on what you want, not on what you don't want. Mm. It's focusing on, you know, um, not focusing on your fears, focusing on your desires. But I like to think of that as only half, half of the story because ultimately eagle eats rabbit. And so rabbit's consciousness melds with eagle's consciousness. and All of a sudden, rabbit finds himself miles above the earth looking down and seeing that there is no bar- barriers. Everything is connected. And he realizes there's nothing to be afraid of. Mm. And so come the next spring, he is reborn into the rabbit community, but he isn't afraid anymore because His worst fears were realized, and he was still there. He still survived, and he saw the world from a bigger place because he, um, that his, his greatest fear was realized.
1: Mm. So, I love that. Such a great message. Thank you, Patrick.
2: You're welcome.
1: For anyone who's listening that reading was for all of you whatever day or time it is wherever you're joining us from especially if something resonated for you know that that message was for you Absolutely. right here right
2: and now if there's something that doesn't resonate, let it go but mm-hmm. if there was something that resonated, take that as
0: mm-hmm.
2: your message from from the spirits from the universe
1: very re- reassuring and timely message now you do mini medicine card readings on facebook every monday yeah. right what time is that
2: every monday night at eight o'clock um pacific time um and the way it works the first six people to get on once i start the video and comment yes get a one card reading from the medicine card deck awesome um and I do it that way because otherwise I'm going to be there all night. And <laughs> so if you're not one of the first six, there's no worries. You just choose a number between one and six. And whichever card you choose, I it's like I promise you that whatever message is for the person that, that the card is being pulled for will also have a message for you as well. The Spirit's really good at dovetailing things and weaving things together that mm-hmm. you might not you know be able to figure out on in your own head and stuff. It's mm-hmm. like just amazing the way things work together. So
1: gives a little direction yeah. and guidance and a lot of times reassurance or or points our attention at something that we didn't know was what we needed and maybe we were looking over here exactly. and we needed or put to put
2: something yeah or put something into words that we couldn't ourselves mm. and all of a sudden it's like that's exactly what I've been thinking or feeling. Yeah. And it, 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 like when you hear it put into words, it, it, it can sink in so much deeper. Right? Yeah.
1: And then Wednesdays, you also do um, ceremony on Facebook. Wednesdays.
2: Yeah. And I'm not tonight. I'm not today's Wednesday. And I'm not going to do it tonight because my car is out of commission <laughs> for momentarily. So I can't get to my office and I'm not supposed to smoke in my apartment. Mm. But I do the sacred pipe ceremony at seven o'clock on Wednesdays. Um, live on Facebook. And that is, um, it's a ceremony that's been passed down um, from White Buffalo Calf Woman 19 generations ago when she brought the sacred pipe to the Lakota people. And that ceremony has been passed down and passed down. And I have the honor of being called to be a pipe carrier. Mm -hmm. And so it is one of the most profound, and powerful ceremonies that I know of and like I said I was raised Catholic I became pagan I know my way around ceremony this is hands down the most powerful one I know of and so I share that I started that um, at the beginning of the pandemic as a way to help support the community to give people like an hour a week at least to kind of tune in and align to hold space for people to connect the spirit and so the world has got not gotten any less crazy. So I'm still doing it.
0: Um,
1: <laughs>
2: and so if that's interesting to anyone, please join me. It's, it's anyone is welcome.
1: And your Facebook it's is Perching Wolf Studios, right? Yes. Okay, we'll put a link to that in the show notes for this, oh, um, so we thank can. You. Get you to Patrick's website and his social media and all of that. Now, I know we have listeners from all over the world. So for those who aren't able to reach you locally, what services do you offer online or virtual?
2: Pretty much everything I do, card readings, healings, um, teaching Um, I've got some classes it's it's so nice to be able to do classes in person again Mm, yeah and so I've been I've been kind of focusing on in-person classes lately but um, I do have some I'm planning on especially like coming up the new year doing some more zoom classes and I and I can do any of the healings soul retrieval reiki all of that stuff can be done long distance over zoom the readings can be done over zoom um anything I pretty much do because space and time are an illusion. Mm-hmm. So
1: so what's the best way yeah. for people to reach you?
2: Probably through my website, perchingwolfstudios.net. Um, I've got a page there for how to contact me It'll send an email right to me. Um, and it's got my phone number. You can text me or anything too, but probably my website is kind of the hub of of what I do. And that's probably the best way to stay up to date and to connect
1: with me. Great. Well, I highly recommend Patrick and all of his services. He is just such an authentic, clear soul, really connected, um, really dedicated to a life of service and um, just so approachable. That's why we call you the friendly neighborhood shaman. And, uh, if you exactly. haven't heard episode 35, uh, you can hear more about Patrick's story there. We talked about his life and his experiences leading up to discovering shamanism. And now, of course, since we're talking about spirit animals today, if someone has a chance to sign up for your intro to shamanism class, are they going to get what you talked about to meet their uh, their power animal or their spirit animal there? Yep.
2: Yeah, Um, when I teach the intro to shamanic journey, it's a three hour class and the first part of the class is kind of talking about what shamanism is and what shamanism isn't and where it came from and the cosmology of it and everything the shamanic perspective and then the second half of the class, I actually teach people how to do a shamanic journey, Mm. which is using the drum repetitive sound of the drum, which entrains your brain waves to certain levels so that you can journey into the spirit realm. And so the first journey we ever do is a journey to, there's three worlds, the upper world, the middle world where we are, and the lower world. The, the lower and the upper world are transcendent realms. That's where the spirit guides live. And the animal guys, the power animals, tend to live in the lower world. So our first journey is to the lower world to meet a power animal. So if you take that class with me, that is the first spirit guide you will meet is one of your power animals. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's like a, a it's a relationship. It's a friendship that can last a lifetime. Mm-hmm. They know everything about you. There's nothing too big or too small to talk to them about or to ask them about or just to enjoy Um, Like I'll call my, my, I want my main power animal is a reindeer named Nathaniel. And sometimes at night I'll actually call him in. I'll feel him come in and snuggle up and, you know, it doesn't have to just be informational. You can feel them. Experiential. They can walk with you. Exactly.
1: Yep. And like you said, they come in for a reason, a season or a lifetime. So building those relationships is really going to, going to benefit you. Well, Patrick, thank you so much for coming back on the podcast and spending this time recording with me. I always have fun talking with you, whether we record or not, of course.
2: Thank you so much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I
1: appreciate all that you do. So if you want to check out Patrick's current offerings or see when his next class is going to come up, the best way to find that out is perchingwolfstudios.net. For all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life and telling your friends about it. Until next time take care of yourself, and take care of each other. Namaste. To learn more about this podcast, see upcoming events, or book a private reading, you can visit my website at nadiadelacruz.com. We have a monthly spiritual discussion group, and I would love for you to join us. You can also get the link to my YouTube channel with full video episodes and live recordings from the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community. If you enjoyed this show, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you soon.
0: Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patris and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I
1: know that feeling and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's
0: connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.